Welcome to Future Out Loud from the School for the Future of Innovation in Society at Arizona State University. I'm Heather Ross. Together with Andrew Maynard, we bring you conversations with experts on and off campus where we think out loud about our collective future. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Heather. Here we are at the beginning of a new adventure. A new adventure. So do you want to tell listeners what our new adventure is? Yeah, well, I can start. So we're starting on a series. In fact, we're actually starting on a slightly new format where we're going to focus on a specific, really interesting topic for a a few episodes as a series. Exactly. A series or a mini-series. A mini-series. That's a better way of looking at it. Because I'm a child of the 80s always makes me think of the Thornbirds. and I'm only with you, people by the way. Yes. of a certain age <laughs> right. will remember that. Um, but yes, so a mini-series. Some people might call it a season, but I like mini-series. Yes, that works. Yeah. Yes. So our first mini-series is about elections. Yes. Why on earth would we choose in this really future technology-focused podcast to talk about elections? Uh, Well, I guess it's because elections are important, or or more importantly, the democratic process of making sure that your voice is heard and your vote counts is, I guess it's important. I'm looking at you because you're the person that has most recently had to deal with this. Well, yes, absolutely. I'm certainly, listen, I'm uh, a voter. I'm a a lifelong from the day I turned 18 voter. Um, I am uh, active in the political world. I have run for office before. Uh, I am not currently serving in public office, nor have I ever served in public office. But you know what it's like to be at the sharp end and you know that it matters. Yeah, and I know what it's like to be at the less sharp end too. And you know, wondering, "Ah, does this really matter? Ah, Does my vote really count? Ah, Is my voice really important? And and of course, we're we're living in an age where there seem to be more and more concerns about the the validity of the system and and the security of the system. Absolutely. Um, So not only do you have people that say, well, maybe my vote doesn't count because there are lots of people out there. You've also got people that are saying, well, Maybe my vote's been compromised. Maybe the system's been hacked. Maybe the system doesn't work. Well, right, exactly. I think those are real concerns that have been certainly brought to the fore in the past few years. Um, And the other thing that I think about at a broader level is the security, the validity, the reliability of our electoral process gives us the elected officials who enable the policies that enable technologies in our society. Let me just try and unpack that a little bit. So yeah. you've got elected officials in there, you've got policies. So basically, these are the, the people that make sure that the processes are in place that ensure that not only your vote counts, but you can trust the system. Well, you can trust the system, but I'm thinking that you know, listen, if the system works mm-hmm. and future emerging technologies are important to you and you're interested in electing policymakers who are going to prioritize laws, rules 
that are going to, uh, you know, enable the emergence of these new technologies. <laughs> right. You want to know that your vote for those people actually had an effect. Exactly. Yes. yes. Exactly. Yes. So this is, I think, elections are relevant on a whole bunch of different enabling levels. They they are, I and mean, especially seeing that there is technology involved. I mean, whether it's the technology of pushing little bits of paper out of holes. Right. Um, those of chad. you that remember the hanging chads, and um, that's a technology, as is pen and paper, all the way through to the machines that are actually used for voting and for and the part the process of counting those votes. Right, exactly, exactly. So as we launch into this mini-series, uh, how how are we going to tackle this? Well, so I, I, I think we need to be talking to some of the people actually involved in the process, um, and some of the people that actually oversee the process, some of the people that are involved with developing policies to make sure that everybody's vote counts. I, yeah. Does that sound reasonable? Well, that everybody's vote counts, but that everybody who's eligible to vote can vote. Yes. And does vote. Yes. Yes, because I'm part of the challenge here is there are so many people that don't vote. What's What's the figure in terms of people that typically don't vote? Uh, oh my gosh, a majority right, yes. of, of eligible voters don't vote. Right. You know, one of the things that really struck me about the 2018 midterm elections was that there was this, um, you know, kind of national pat ourselves on the back that, oh, we had this amazing midterm turnout, almost 50% right. of eligible voters. <laughs> and I am thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Less than half of the people who can cast a ballot did cast a ballot, and we're saying that this is a grand success? Right, right. The, the ultimate form of democracy, you have the right not to vote, which sounds totally counterproductive. It does. And, you know, I, I, I came to understand and to learn and understand that there are democracies like in Australia, like in Brazil, where there's actually mandatory voting. Um, which is not something that we're really going to talk about in this uh, system, but it did, it does really sort of rankle my insides right. that in the United States of America, I'm okay that we don't have mandatory voting, but I'm really not okay. You, you that really people wish don't more vote. people were out there. Then. I do, yes. I yep. do. Even the people whose policy focuses. I don't agree with necessarily. Right. I really think everybody needs to vote. Yeah. So. Um, so we should we should talk about who we're going to have on because we do actually have a really fantastic lineup of people that are going to be coming in to talk about voting. We do, and we thought uh, when we put together our lineup, we should start with the person in the state of Arizona who is responsible for the systems that. Uh, that register people to vote and that ensure that people have the right to vote. That is our chief elections officer in Arizona, Secretary of State, newly elected Katie Hobbs. Right, so starting from the top. Exactly. Well, starting from the top, but also from the bottom, because it's that grassroots at the individual level getting every person registered. Right. That yes. her, you know, she's responsible for right. that. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so we're going to talk to Katie, and and as our chief elections officer, uh, she has oversight of not only voter registration. Um, it, but also the um, the ways that candidates become candidates mm -hmm. um, officially on the ballots um, and uh, certifying 
elections. Right. So I yes. feel like Katie's going to have some important things to Yeah, and a lot of responsibility there as well. Now, I've never really spent time thinking about the technology implications of the Secretary of State. Have you? I haven't actually, no. So we'll have to make sure that we get to right, that Right, right, dig into that. Okay, so that's that's that big, broad perspective. How about the actual mechanics of what happens on voting day? Well, on voting day and in Arizona, many people uh, may know that we have a robust early voting mm, process. So yes. we actually have more like voting month in Arizona. <laughs> right, right, right. But then, yes, we do have election day yes. at the polls. Um, here in Maricopa County, our uh, county recorder is the person who is the chief election officer at the county level. That's Adrian Fontes. So we should have Adrian in. Yes, absolutely should. Yes. So I mean, I'm guessing he has to deal with the, the nitty gritties of making sure that people can get their vote in. If they're at the polling station, that the lines aren't so long that they have to camp out there. Right. And right. everything actually works on the day. Well, and we have... Um, uh, some assurances that those voting systems aren't compromised. Yeah. So, so what what happens when we get to these questions about hacking and um, cybersecurity? Yeah, cybersecurity, Russian interference. That's right. Well, uh, experienced Future Out Loud listeners will immediately jump to say, "Why don't you have our cybersecurity friend Adam Dupay on?" We so should I think absolutely we should do that. have Adam on as well. Yes. yes. So we'll we'll have Adam in with Adrian. Great. Okay, great. So now we have conquered the problems of the the voter registration and uh, election certification processes and and election day and the cybersecurity of election day. Um, what other kinds of technologies are out there around? Well, so actually, I th this is not a technology, but I was actually thinking about humans as technology. I mean, I, so this is actually part of the socio-technical system, if you uh -huh. want to sort of use the, the jargony term. Um, but actually, sort of what makes people sort of want to vote yeah um, and and sort of how do you work in a society going back to your example of, of Australia how do you develop that idea of civic responsibility without forcing people to vote which is really quite undemocratic right um, right and what's going on inside their heads right so we can you know we are middle-aged people we have Thank things you. to say about that from the middle ages right yes I, that works <laughs> it yeah. feels like the middle yes. ages some days doesn't it yes um but i think that we should get the input of people who are you know what we we talk about digital natives Right, and, yes, uh, yes. And understanding... Not from the Middle Ages, yes. Exactly, <laughs> and understanding the perspectives of maybe a newer voter. So we should have a newer voter. Yes, then. yes, and get the perspective from what it's like um, when you're young and fresh. Exactly. And, and you see the world in a very different way. And we have a an interesting connection to a group of young and fresh people, not just in our student body here at Arizona State University, which is uh, certainly young and fresh with an incredible variety of experiences but also that uh, this is the chief the science officers the, yes, the, the school yes. so this is not in in um, companies but this is actually a, a school-based appointment isn't it yes. it is a school-based appointment so we have um, been talking with and remind me the name the Arizona science oh. technology goodness me you're gonna have to wait for the episode to find out what it is exactly I can't remember but, but yes, yes we will remember officially during that episode <laughs> and we will learn more about the chief science officer 
office or is. what on earth that is. Right, right. Yes. And, and to be clear, this is in high schools and I think some middle schools Junior as well. Where we as talk. well. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But let's get the perspective of at least a chief science officer yes. on voting. So that should give us a, a really interesting set of perspectives on the, the voting system, both the technology and how it connects with people and society. Absolutely. And then there's one other thing that I would love to get to on voting and elections. And it's a new, it's a technology, I would say, an algorithmic technology, ranked choice voting. Okay, so tell me what ranked choice voting is. Well, I'll tell you, I learned about ranked choice voting, I think originally from a uh, an episode of Radio Lab, okay. which um, really everyone should <laughs> listen to Radio Lab because it is a beautiful Radio Lab pay art. note. <laughs> yes, exactly. Radio Lab is not currently a sponsor um, or affiliate of our podcast. But Radiolab really is a gorgeous, gorgeous piece of art um, that delves into uh, interesting issues of society. And ranked choice voting was featured on Radiolab. Ranked choice voting basically is a system that accommodates um, elections with more than two candidates mm -hmm. and spits out a winner with only one vote. Right. I, and spits out a majority winner with only one vote. Right. So So I was going to ask, yeah. how does it do that? But actually, we ought to leave the suspense to, we'll to leave that the episode. Suspense. But yes. what we will say is that ranked choice voting um, on Radiolab, the example was from, uh, was from Ireland, which was wonderful because it is uh, delivered with a lilt. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Also, we have examples from the city of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. In the 2018 uh, election cycle, uh, the state of Maine actually used ranked choice voting for its federal elections. Right. Uh, so I think we should have somebody come on who has something to say about that experience from the state of Maine. That sounds like a great plan. So, and we'll be truly crisscrossing the country then. Yes. From the top northeast to the bottom southwest, we've got it covered. It, so this sounds like it's going to be a great mini-series. And what do, uh, uh, the other thing that, that I think that uh, we would like to from listeners is uh, some feedback. Let us know what you think about this mini-series plan yes. as we engage on, you know, the next, so this episode plus four more yep. on elections. That sounds great. And just for the listeners, remind them, when can they expect these to go out? We're going to do this every week, aren't we? Once we've started the series. Exactly. So when we draw, when we start our series, so we've released this episode and then we'll have one episode a week for the subsequent four weeks. Yep. And uh, then we will uh, have a little bit of break while we get our next mini, mini series, series together. ready. So we will kick off this mini series today with the next installment one week from now featuring Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs. Can't wait for it. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. For more where that came from, check out the School for the Future of Innovation and Society at sfis.asu.edu. 
Future Out Loud is produced with the support of the School for the Future of Innovation in Society and the Risk Innovation Lab at ASU. Mark Van Hare created our music. Our website is futureoutloud.org. Subscribe to Future Out Loud on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you get your fine podcasts.